The 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25 marches onward, and today on the podcast, we're unveiling the number 23 team in the countdown. It's May 31st, my name is Connor Tapp, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Florida State's 2017 season was seemingly over as soon as it began. Star quarterback DeAndre Francois suffered a season-ending injury in the opener against Alabama, and the Seminoles got off to their worst start since 1976. A year later, Jimbo Fisher has fled to Texas A&M, and Willie Taggart is back in the Sunshine State after a one-year detour in the Pacific Northwest. As Taggart prepares for his first year in the ACC, the question seems not whether FSU will once again challenge Clemson for the top spot in the conference, but rather how quickly that will come to pass. Brendan Sunone of Knowles 24-7 joins us now to preview Florida State's 2018 season. Brendan, we've got FSU sitting at number 23 in our summer top 25, already being too overzealous, too pessimistic, or do we have it about right? I think that's about right, given that there's so many unknowns. I understand why people would be uh, cautiously either optimistic or cautiously skeptical about this team, given what you know they came out of last year going 7-6, and six, and then obviously with a new coach and Willie Taggart, you're not sure exactly what, what the team is going to look like. We have an idea, but yeah, I, I think... You know, probably looking at this team as somewhere in the top 30, I think is, is pretty safe. And I think you can kind of make the argument, you know, between, you know, 15 and 30 after that. I think just depending on how bullish you are on some of the younger players developing and, and the new coach factor. Willie Taggart does have a strong track record as a program builder. It's usually not been until year two that he really gets things going. Do you think that same pattern will hold in Tallahassee, or do you think all of the extra resources available to him, to say nothing of the returning talent, uh, speeds that process up a little bit in the end? I think it's a good point, Connor. Is that he, he certainly is a, a you know he's a program builder. I think that's a, a good way to phrase what he's done so far. You see what he did at Western Kentucky helped kind of transition that program from from FCS to FBS. Uh, then at USF took over a program that really didn't have a whole lot of direction and kind of faltered under skip holtz and then turned them into you know it took a while but got them going in the right place after he made a wholesale change to his offensive uh, philosophy and then had a good you know one year stint at oregon you know took a program that was kind of getting stagnant and they went seven and five despite playing without a pretty good starting quarterback for half the year so uh, he certainly has a uh, a tendency to to take take a team and, and turn them around like you said it hasn't always been quick we obviously don't know where uh, what would have happened with Oregon and what direction they would have gone. They look like they were trending in the right direction, though. I think Florida State, as you look at what they have, yeah, the extra resources, like you mentioned, man, I, I think that's going to help. Uh, he had actually a, a time to evaluate with a team with a bowl game. He's never taken over uh, a program that, that played in a bowl game, so had a little extra time to assess what he had on the roster. I, I do think Florida State, was going to take a step back regardless, you know, who was coaching this year and kind of even forgetting last season. Um, I don't think this is going to be like a championship contender team just based on all the defensive talent they lost and, and kind of a transition year regardless. But, but I do think he's going to be able to reinvigorate the program and put energy into it. It become stagnant the past couple of seasons under Jimbo Fisher and, and wasn't really trending in the right direction. Uh, putting a new offensive philosophy, uh, getting a new young coaches. I think all that stuff helps. I think he gets them going in the right direction right away. Uh, but I don't know if you know, this is a championship-quality team 
uh, this year. But my initial inclination, based on what we've seen so far and looking at the holes that they have to kind of kind of fill and some of the youth they have in key spots, I think that they're probably a year away from getting back in that conversation. Are there any newcomers in the class of 2018 or maybe even some upperclassmen who, for whatever reason, weren't fitting into Jimbo Fisher's plans that might have a new lease on life uh, under Willie Taggart here? Yeah, man, I think there's a, there's a couple guys that, that your know, national audience may not know about um, other than you know, some of the recruit Knicks who follow these guys when they were in high school and, and you know, they haven't gotten a chance to really play yet. Uh, the, the names that come to mind kind of reside on the offensive side of the ball to me because Jimbo Fisher was, well, you know, really, really adept at, at you know, running that pro-style offense, and when it was clicking, it was pretty darn elite. He didn't love the idea of putting in younger players at skill positions outside of maybe some running backs typically, uh, especially at wide receiver. He liked to kind of put in guys who, even if maybe they weren't as talented, that, that knew the offense uh, intimately. So what Willie Taggart's offense is going to be is a lot you know, more scaled down and, and going to try to put athletes in a position to just be that athlete, I think, as much. So names that I think that you see kind of emerge, one guy that had an amazing spring was Tamarian Terry. He's a redshirt freshman wide receiver from, from South Georgia and was kind of a, a guy who was off the radar for most of the recruiting services. I think he's a three-star, uh, but a guy they loved coming out uh, of, of high school and uh, looked really good in, in spurts during you know, practices last year, but he's a guy they didn't feel confident putting in. Uh, and now he's been really, really consistent. Uh, we saw in the spring game, Kalan LeBourne is a running back, a former five-star guy uh, from the Virginia Beach area, and he's a, uh, you know, he's a redshirt freshman as well. He looked really good in the spring game and by all accounts had a really nice spring. Those are two names I think that, that, you know, that could be, I don't want to say you know, household names by the end of the season, but, but certainly guys who are going to be factors in the offense and if this offense is successful, uh, there'll be key reasons why. Uh, one more name, DJ Matthews, uh, was a, played a little bit as a slot receiver last year. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good season. He fits in really well with what Willie Taggart wants to do with the, the spread offense. He's an undersized guy, maybe like 160 pounds, but and he's really fluid, uh, explosive. He's a guy who could be fun to watch in space. Bet Online has come out today with a fresh set of over-under win totals, and they've got FSU sitting on 8.5. Brendan, are you taking the over or the under there? <laughs> it's so good. That's exactly kind of where I would, I would stand is, is probably uh, eight or nine wins. Um, I guess I'll go with the under right now, just because I'm, again, I'm kind of conservative with, with what they're going to be. They have a really tough schedule. They open up against Virginia tech. That's not easy. They have to go up to Notre Dame. Obviously you have Clemson and Clemson looks to be loaded plus Miami. And then, you know, the rest of the ACC, um, you know, the bottom of that league has gotten so much better in recent years that, it, there's not a whole lot of cakewalks. So right now, conservatively, I'll go eight and four, and I think that's progress. It depends how they look in those games, but yeah, I'll. I'll I think if you go, you know, eight or nine wins if you're Florida State, uh, that's a that's a good thing, uh, and that's that's certainly positive to to build off of moving forward. But I think eight wins is probably pretty safe right about now. Let's say we flash forward to February 2019, and we look back on the 2018 season, and FSU has cleared that eight and a half over and under by a win or two. Uh, what do you think will have gone so right for them for that to happen? Uh, I, most things, man, kind of come down to quarterback play, right? And I think that's, especially at the college level, if you can get something good out of the quarterback uh, and consistency, I, I think that goes a long way. Uh, last year, DeAndre Francois got injured in the opener against Alabama. 
They're, uh, you know, a little, little shallow at depth there at the position. They're forced to go with James Blackman, who was more of a project player. And, and he has a true freshman. He, uh, he had his ups and downs, really struggled in a three or four game stretch in the middle of the season uh, against Clemson and Boston College and, and had an untimely play against Louisville that kind of cost them. Um, but then rebounded and played well at the end of the year against uh, a lesser schedule. Now you have a quarterback competition with James Blackman and DeAndre Francois and maybe Bailey Hawkman, who was a retro freshman. But I think realistically it's going to be Blackman and Francois. Depending on what Willie Taggart wants you know, to run out of the offense, who fits better. Uh, who's a better leader, who kind of fits his style of, of, of you know, just being uh, this kind of the, the face of the program. I, I'm not sure yet, but if he can get consistent play out of either one of those, I think that's a key. Uh, and then I think the second part is going to be the defense getting back to being more aggressive and more attacking. Uh, while they've had some really good individual players the last few years, it hasn't been a succinct, aggressive unit. It just, it just hasn't been um, since they won a championship in 2013. And to a lesser extent in 2015, they had a good defense, not great. Uh, if Harlan Barnett, a new defensive coordinator, can kind of get those guys all playing together and it's a new scheme that he's putting in, uh, I think then, you know, that's, that's going to be a good thing for this team because they need more consistency on that side of the ball. It just hasn't been there in recent years. Uh, they can get better production. And then, yeah, then maybe that's a, another extra win or two that you account for. Brendan Sinone is a beat reporter for Knowles 24-7. You can find him on Twitter at bsinone. Thanks, Brendan. Thank you. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast that gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. And unless you start your workday before 3 a.m. Eastern, it will be there waiting for you on your morning commute. For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you didn't get on the podcast. Thanks to Brad Crawford, Austin Nivison, Chance Linton, Jordan James, and Sam Hellman for their help producing the podcast while I'm out on paternity leave. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the number 22 team in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25.